This concept of stewardship versus ownership was first introduced to me by Gainalyn Condi, who's currently writing a book on the subject, and I'm super excited to read it when it comes out. So when I heard this for the first time, my mind was totally blown, and I couldn't wait to share it with you on the podcast, because viewing every single circumstance in our life through a stewardship lens will not just change the way that you think about your life, but the way that you show up around the people in your life and how you experience your very life's circumstances. This is episode 13, Stewardship versus Ownership. Howard W. Hunter said, your detours and disappointments are the straight and narrow way back to him. And there are several scriptures that tell us that all things will work together for our good. So, how do you turn your detours and disappointments as a parent into something that will work together for your good and for the good of the most important people in your life, your family? This is what we will talk about in this podcast. Hey, welcome back to Parenting Through the Detour podcast. So last week, I had my husband on the podcast, and apparently everybody really likes him because I've gotten a lot of feedback on how much they liked that episode. We talked about a little bit of our experience in being the parents of a gay son. And I understand why everybody likes him because he's a pretty likable person. I like him too. And Micah is going to become a regular on the podcast, so everybody gets to enjoy him and his point of view, which is pretty awesome. I also have a couple interviews with some really special guests, and those are coming up in just the next few weeks. So make sure that you follow or subscribe to this podcast so that you will be notified when those are posted. You will not want to miss them. They are going to be so excellent and such valuable information. There's another podcast that I really love. In fact, I think I love just about every single episode that they've posted. And if you're not following them, I highly recommend that you go follow them. It's called the Faith Matters Podcast. And that's where I first heard the concept that I'm introducing to you today of stewardship versus ownership. I heard it in the episode where they talked to Gainalyn Condi, who is currently writing a book on this concept. And it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be great. Can't wait to read it. And I look forward to when that's published. So here's the concept, stewardship versus ownership. Everything in our life belongs to God. We own nothing. Every single material possession, all of our relationships, all of our problems and our blessings, and even our own bodies are given to us as a stewardship. And we are in the process of being responsible for taking care of something that's very important. And let's talk more about this concept of stewardship versus ownership. Let me show you how this applies in our lives. Because many of us really view things through an ownership lens, even though we might not realize that we are doing that. But when we view parts of our lives through an ownership lens, we make it mean something good or something bad about us. We make it define our success, our failure, and our very worth as a human being. We begin to compare with each other. We become prideful. And we start hiding things that we don't want other people to know about us. 
because we think it says something negative about us. But when we view the details of our lives through a stewardship lens, it allows us to release that thing as defining us and release it as making it mean something about us, whether that's good or bad. So everything that I have, including my possessions, my experiences, even my own body is on a loan from God. My entire life is a stewardship. I don't own anything. And I just started listing some of the stewardships that I have, and there's many more than this, but I just started listing things that came to my mind. Some of my stewardships include being a mother, being a sister, being a daughter and a wife. I'm now a podcast host. I'm a business owner. My calling is a stewardship. My body, my finances, my knowledge, and my musical talents. Have I told you that I'm a professional musician? I might not have mentioned that on this podcast before, but I am, and I do have a lot of musical talents. But the easiest thing in our life to go into ownership instead of stewardship over is the role as a parent. And that is why I knew that I needed to to create this podcast episode, because we go into ownership as a parent so easy, and we do it all day long in many different ways. We own that role like no other, and we make it all sorts of bad things about us when we're given something really challenging and when things turn out differently than we wanted or expected them to. I want to tell you about a client that I've been working with, and she has been struggling with viewing her role as a parent, as an ownership role, rather than a stewardship role. And maybe you can kind of see some of yourself in this example. For many, many years, she looked forward to the day where she was going to have a child go on a mission. And she thought it would just happen automatically because she did all the things she was told she needed to do to get her there. In her words, she said, I obeyed all the commandments and taught my children to do the same. She said, we attended our church meetings every week. We had daily family scripture study and prayer. We had family home evening every week. All my kids attended seminary and youth activities. She said, there's nothing that we didn't do. We did everything that we were supposed to do, and I didn't get the blessings I was promised. She's viewing this role as a parent, as an ownership role, because all of her children decided not to serve missions, even though she tried to do many things to make this circumstance turn out differently in her family. Some of the things that she tried to do to get her children to go on missions was pretty controlling. Like she told them, well, you just don't have a choice. She told them that they would have a car waiting for them when they got home. She tried a lot of tears and pleading and begging for them to go. She pointed out how their friends were growing and they weren't. All of these things are sure signs that a parent has fallen into ownership instead of stewardship. And all of her children decided to not serve missions, and she was struggling to not make it mean something about her parenting. Because she would go to things like Relief Society meetings and sit in, sit in her meetings and hear women say things like, well, it's not hard to get your kids to go on a mission. You just need to talk about it from the time they're little and just expect them to go and just tell them it's not an option. Or we told our sons it's their duty to go, and they always fulfill their duties. And as soon as she heard comments like this, she went straight into ownership. And ownership for her looks like feeling shame, 
like she didn't measure up, like she had done something wrong and there was something wrong with her and her parenting and she couldn't go back and turn back the clock and change time. She also told me about how many fast and testimony meetings she had sat through with countless parents talking about their missionary child, how proud they are of them, how many blessings have come into their family because they have a child serving a mission. And she tells me how her heart breaks every time she hears this. And once again, she would feel shame as she viewed that with an ownership lens. And she would think things like, well, I must have done something wrong to not have this blessing in my life. Or I wasn't a good enough mother. Or what's wrong with my kids that they aren't doing what those kids are doing. And not only does she feel shame, but sometimes she feels anger. So now she has shame and anger going on. Definitely an ownership here. She's seen hundreds of Facebook posts showing videos of kids getting their calls, their families celebrating, their pre-mission pictures, their during-the-mission pictures, and then post-mission videos and pictures, you know, when they're coming home. And the parents have such pride in their eyes, as they should. But it was hard for her, knowing all that time that she was never going to have that experience. And she began comparing her life to their life. So she had shame, anger, and now she layered some comparison on top of it. And these are just some different emotions that come from ownership. There are so many more emotions that you can feel when you are in ownership. And it's just good to be aware that those are signs of ownership. As soon as I began working with this woman, she began to realize that her stewardship wasn't to be the mother of a missionary. It was to be the mother of children who were different and did different but equally amazing things. And they were exceptional people. She's in the process now of giving up ownership of that role and not making it mean something about her. So as she's in that process of giving it up, what is she giving up exactly? She's giving up feeling like a failure. She's giving up comparing herself to others and falling short. She's giving up resentment and anger towards people who have what she wanted. What happens for you when you give up ownership? What happens for all of us when we give up ownership? You get some space between you and your child's choices. Those choices don't mean anything negative about you. You begin to look for ways to expand your role as a parent And you think things like, how can I love this child right where they are in their life right now? You also open yourself up to receiving more guidance from the Spirit. You open yourself up to feeling more love, compassion, and acceptance in your life. And you look for ways that you are privileged to be given the stewardship that you've been given. And how do you magnify that role in the stewardship that you have been entrusted with. Let's go into the scriptures, into Matthew 25. This is the parable. It's one of my favorite parables, actually. And I'm sure you've heard it many times. This is the parable of the talents. So in verse 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered them unto his goods. So right here, this scripture is telling us 
that we don't own the things that are given to us. If we are to take this as meaning that we are the servants and the man traveling is God, he has given us his goods. He has given us his things to for us to take care of. And in verse 15, it says, And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, and every man according to his several ability, and then straightway he took his journey. So here the scripture is telling us we all have different abilities, and he's given all of us different talents. So the servant who was given five talents just had different abilities than the servant who received one or two talents. And they each received what was right and correct for them. Now, a talent is a great sum of money or something that is of great worth. In fact, a talent in today's money would be way, way over a million dollars. So even one talent was very, very valuable. And the man was giving his servants a real responsibility something very valuable, whether they received one or whether they received five. And what has God given you that is really, really valuable? Because I think what God considers to be valuable is very different than what we consider to be valuable. I don't think that a lot of the things that we consider to be blessings that God considers to be valuable Because those are the things that make our life easier and unchallenging. I think God considers the challenges in our lives to be of great worth, like super valuable. And why? Because those are the things that have the ability to change our natures and to help us grow. They have the ability to turn our hearts towards the Savior, and they allow our natures to be refined. There is no more important thing on this earth than for us to turn our hearts towards the Savior and allow our natures to be refined. And then in verse 16, it says, He that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. So no matter what we're given, we can expand on that. Have you ever met a person who has experienced tremendous hardship? And they have turned it into a blessing and an opportunity for themselves and inspired others to grow and expand also. Talents are not simply blessings, although they can be. Sometimes they're times of great heartache and great difficulty. We kind of look at that servant that was given five talents and we're like, wow, he's so blessed, so lucky. They got all those talents. But what if those talents were all challenges in his life? And what if those challenges were times of tremendous hardship? Do we look at him as lucky if he has tremendous hardship in his life? Usually not. Verse 17 says, And likewise, he that received two, he gained other two. So even though this servant didn't receive as many talents as the servant who was given five talents, He took what he had and he expounded on it. And then in verse 18, we read, But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. So why would this servant have digged in the earth and hid the Lord's money or the talent or the hardship or the challenge or if you want to call it a blessing? 
Why would he have done that? Maybe he was embarrassed. Maybe he was ashamed. Maybe he runs away from the hard thing or he's so afraid of doing the wrong thing with it that he buries it and refuses to look at it. Maybe he's resentful that he has this talent and that he's been told that he needs to look after it. Maybe he said to himself, I don't want this responsibility. And so I'm going to hide it and I'm going to bury it. It's too much responsibility for me. Maybe he said, hey, I want that the talent that guy with five talents has because his looks better than mine. And I would much rather take care of those five talents than this one. Maybe he said any one of those things. So what's your one talent that you're burying? Is it a divorce or a strained marriage? Is it a child who's addicted to drugs? Is it a health challenge? A job loss or bankruptcy? A mental illness? A pornography addiction? You know, on this earth, we don't consider any of those things to be talents of great worth. These are things that we actually never wanted to face or have our loved ones face either. Can we look at them as blessings in our life, as things we are given stewardship over and that we need to take care of them? The Lord of the servants came back and it said, 19, it says, he reckoneth with them. And he talked to the one, the servant that had five talents, and he said, hey, show me what you've done with them. And the servant said, look, I've gained five more. And he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Now, the servant, this servant was in stewardship. He saw that he had a big responsibility. And I like to think that he said to himself, what's the best thing for me to do with these talents that I've been trusted with? And then he went and did it. Because that's what stewardship looks like. It looks like life's circumstances as responsibilities to take care of, not as a burden to carry. So what do you think the servant's five talents were? Do you think they were things like a great job that paid him lots of money, a beautiful house with lots of things that never broke down or got old and needed to be replaced? Maybe he had perfect health. Maybe he had, he had children who all served missions. Maybe all of his children married in the temple and stayed faithful to the gospel their whole lives. Maybe he had the respect and admiration of those around him. Well, I like to think that maybe he had one or two of those. And we consider all those things to be blessings. But I also like to think that at least three of those talents were the challenging things I've already mentioned in this podcast. Because there's no way the master is going to give the servant easy things to take care of and then tell him he did a good job in taking care of them. Because that is not how life works. We are here to grow and learn, and we don't grow and learn by doing easy things. And I don't believe God considers the things that we consider easy on this earth to be talents of great worth. Because if he just gave us all easy things to take care of, it would defeat the very purpose of us being on the earth, and our time here would be wasted. So when I was growing up, there was a man in my ward who would get up almost every month in fast and testimony meeting. At least in my childhood brain, it seemed like he was up like every single month. Because if there was a lull of more than about 90 seconds, he would pop up and he would say the same thing every time. 
brothers and sisters, this time is so precious and we shouldn't waste it. And I remember rolling my eyes every time he said this, but I believe the Lord really does consider our time on this earth to be precious because it's so short. He wants for us to use our time to grow as much as possible. And we grow by doing hard things. That's just the way it is. Sometimes I imagine God saying, Tina, this time is so precious and you shouldn't waste it by trying to avoid these challenges. You can use that same sentence and God saying that to you. Just insert your name instead of mine. This time is precious and we shouldn't waste it by avoiding challenges. But then, you know, in verse 22, the servant that had two talents came and said, here, I've gained another two. Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Now I will make thee ruler over many things. And I think he also didn't receive two easy talents to take care of. I think that they were challenges. So then the servant that received one talent came to the master, the Lord, and he said, you know, I'm kind of afraid of you. (laughs) Paraphrasing here. Kind of afraid of you and the responsibility that you gave me was pretty big. And I really didn't know what to do with it. And it felt too heavy for me to take care of, so I buried it. So now I'm just going to give it back to you. This is, of course, my total interpretation of this verse, because that's just the way I want to read it. And how do we do this? Sometimes we bury our talents because we're embarrassed or ashamed that we're going through a difficult time. And we don't offer those up as stewardships and let other people help us through that stewardship. We take ownership, and we make it mean something bad about us. We're eager to share all the good things that happen to us. You know, just go on social media for five minutes, and you're going to see countless pictures of people doing happy things and enjoying the good times of life. But what you won't see on social media very often is the times we're in heartbreak or shame. Those are the times that we become silent and we retreat. So am I saying we need to share everything difficult and just do some word vomit on social media? An emotional emotional vomit? No, I am not saying that. There is an appropriate time to share, but so often we don't share with anyone. We want to share the good times and we want to hide the bad times. And when we're hiding, we are making our challenges heavier And we're making them mean something negative about us. And very often, we will go into victimhood. Now, the Lord was angry with his servant. And in my own personal translation inside my heart, he was more sad and disappointed than he was angry. Because maybe he was disappointed because the servant didn't view his role of a steward and try to expand the talent he was given. Maybe he was saying to the servant, hey, I gave you this experience, also known as a talent, and I knew how valuable it was, even though you couldn't see it at the time. But you didn't do anything with it. You didn't expand it for yourself or for anyone else to profit from. So maybe you're thinking, well, I will gladly give my talent of divorce or addiction or whatever else your great challenge is to the guy who has five talents. And maybe you're thinking, I don't want to do this. Give me a different challenge, anything but this. If you say or saying those types of things, 
thinking those types of things, you are in ownership, not in stewardship. Because stewardship is a temporary assignment and it feels expansive. Ownership feels heavy and sometimes it feels endless. But if you do that, you're burying your talent, that thing of great worth in the sand. So what are you giving up when you bury that talent? You're giving up growth, understanding, a refining of your character, an opportunity to become a help to others. Are you willing to give that up in order not to go through hard things? In order to keep you safe from feeling all the things that you need to feel and go through all the things you need to go through so you don't have to experience this talent or this challenge. You bury you bury it in the sand. There's a question that might be coming to your mind like, you know, when you think of owning something, don't you take better care of it? And there is something to that. But in this concept, when we own our challenges, we make them heavy and we make them mean something about us. Things like, I'm not as good as other people because I don't have that blessing that I wanted. My life is less than that other person. We go into comparison. We go into shame. I have to hide this part of my life so other people don't think badly of me. And I see when I'm owning my challenges, they become bigger and consuming. And my whole body feels constricted and tight. And when I'm in ownership, I become a victim of my life circumstances. And you know what? Victims have no control in their life. They're at the mercy of the villain. And in this case, the villain is the very challenge the Lord gave you to grow. Also, when we're in ownership, we try to control the people around us to change our circumstance because if the circumstance was different, you're going to feel better about yourself. And we think that that is the thing that was going to make us feel better. But perhaps the biggest drawback to being in ownership is that it becomes impossible to hand your burden to Jesus Christ. You might be saying something like that I used to say to myself and I've heard my client say to me too. Like, hey, my burden doesn't just go away because I'm saying I'm handing it over to Christ. I still have to live it. I'm still doing the every day in and out of this challenge. And that is because you're owning it instead of stewarding it. Because when you are in stewardship, you think of being trusted to take care of something important for someone else. And it feels expansive. And I feel pride in the way that I show up to take care of it. I want to make it better and give it back to the owner better than when I got it. Now, it might not be a circumstance I want in my life, but I'm going to be the best steward I can while it's in my care. And it becomes easy to think of handing it over to Christ because it's not something that I own. And it gives me some space between myself and the challenge. And I don't make it define me because it's just a situation that I'm taking care of right now. And it doesn't say anything negative about me. So while I'm taking care of it, what do I want to do with it? How am I going to be the best steward of this circumstance in my life? So what's the easiest way to tell if you are in stewardship or in ownership? The way that you feel is going to tell you. Do you feel tight, constricting? Do you hold your breath a lot? Do you find yourself controlling? Are you hiding? 
Are you angry? Are you comparing yourself? Or ownership feels light. It feels expansive. It feels like sadness without despair. You can still feel sadness, but have some hope and faith with it also. You are allowing things to be as they are and not thinking that it's your job to fix them because you know that that circumstance, that talent, that challenge belongs to Christ. You are taking care of it and letting it refine you while you hand the heaviness of it over to him. Stewardship versus ownership. I love this concept. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. You can email me at info at And as always, thanks for being with me and have a great day. Your detours and disappointments are the straight and narrow way back to him. When you turn your detours and disappointments into a learning and growth opportunity for yourself, you will begin to strengthen those around you, and that includes your children. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you have liked what you've heard in this podcast, leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Your review will help others to find this podcast who also need this message. 